that was that was a turn on. That was stimulating. We're going uh, double header tonight. Uh, you guys are in for a treat. It's like uh, Columbus Day during the baseball season, Labor Day during the baseball season. We're giving you two games. Um, it's better than one. Um, I'm your host, Jordan Freed. I'm your host, Leah Russo. And we are Movie Cinema Film. Yes. The podcast, right. not the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but we will write that screenplay, so be on the lookout. I was just texting with Brendan, and he we were talking about signs and the amazing scene where you first see the alien. Uh-huh. And I invited him to record with us, but he can't. He's working. But we need to get that additional perspective in because we're both Aries. We need another star sign. I don't know. I feel like this is just an Aries-only podcast. (laughs) And then the chemistry is off when there's people who are not Aries. I mean, he's a Virgo. It's It's not the worst blend of chemistry. Yeah, but it definitely does clash. That's why you have so many people arguing on the radio. It's because they're different signs. (laughs) Wow, you just cracked that code. Yeah. It had to be done. I had to demystify it. Now you guys are a Freemason, too. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. Um, So today we are talking about uh, a film that is very near and dear to our hearts. So dear. So Uh, near. It is a little film called Class Action Park. (laughs) But before we get to it, we're going to talk about other amusement parks in the fictional universe of the universe. Yes, movies that feature uh, some kind of amusement park or have a scene with an amusement park. So For me, it was very hard to find one. I guess I just don't like theme parks in general in my life outside of movies, so I don't really seek out theme parks in movies because I'm just a scared little boy when it comes to <laughs> roller coasters. Uh, Wait, are you really? You don't like them? I do not. I'm not a fan. Interesting. I, like, don't get joy from going to amusement parks. I'm just, like, it feels like just waiting in line to, like, do something that I don't want to do. Yeah. Wow. That's a little uh, nugget about Jordan Freed. Yeah, he doesn't have fun. He hates everything. Uh, So we'll stick to cinemas and cemeteries. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I did walk around the cemetery today, and I felt at home. I was just like, oh, another uh, baby dead. Oh my god. <laughs> well, actually, last week I was at the, ce- uh, the cemetery from Hocus Pocus, which is called Old Burial Hill in Marblehead, Massachusetts, and they there was this one huge grave that had, like, four children on it that died when they were, like, very young, like, less than five, and then they had two children that ended up living until they were, you know, they lived full lives. And then they had the parents buried there, too, who had lived until they were, like, 70 and 80. And I was like, wow. Like, that is crazy. This whole family is underneath my feet right now. <laughs> and it, it's just so sad. Like, we were thinking maybe they had TB or something. Like, they died of consumption. And we were, like, saying we, we were sorry and everything. It was it – was, it's a very, very awesome cemetery. Like, it's very cool to, to be there. But it was also really sad. It's like that, that blend, you know. It makes you feel so bad. Like, you're like, wow, like, my parents have lived so long. Like, this is just like, (laughs) like, these people die, like, at 33, uh, and they're, like, the wife of somebody and have, like, four kids, and you're just like, damn, like, that is such a young age to kaput. I know. The life expectancy is so, was so low back then. 
But that's a good, well, we're doing our other movies first, but that's a good segue to Class Action Park, because unfortunately, spoiler alert, there were deaths at Action Park. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, also, okay, wait, maybe I will start talking about another thing. <laughs> Brendan, uh, just to bring up our friend, Ren, friend of the pod, uh, Brendan, he, like, didn't know that people died at Mountain Creek, or, like, Action Park, like, really? before it was Mountain Creek. And, like, I was like, yeah, like, mad people die. Yeah. <laughs> like, there were multiple incidents, and there were different types of incidents. And, like, those are the documented ones. So we'll talk about that later, just a little uh, tease. Because, like, we have inside stories, because, like, we're from right there, yeah, both of us. I, like, within 30 minutes, within 20 minutes, within 15 minutes. Within less, less than five minutes for me, because I grew up in Vernon, so that's the town yeah. that Action Park slash Mountain Creek is in. And then you grow up in Warwick, which is, like, right down the road. Yeah. No. It's, we have personal experience with these stories, okay? Yeah. I also, uh, yeah, we'll talk more. We'll talk more. Oh, we will. I, I don't want to start teasing it, because then we're never going to get into our dumb amusement park movies. Because, <laughs> like, Mountain Creek is the type of amusement park I like. You know? Like, I like water parks. It's simple. Okay. I don't feel like I'm going to die most of the time really like I as long like no but like it. i wouldn't go on scary shit i would just go on the stuff that like i know that i am like grounded but like the water brings me around like i like being in a tube on water like that that's about the amount of extreme fun that i like yeah. all right i also don't ski or snowboard oh of course i don't ski are you kidding yeah i mean no offense to anyone who skis but i oh, know i'm not gonna ski <laughs> like <laughs> All right, uh, so we have uh, picks that are related somehow to amusement parks. And the first film that both of us thought of was my film. Uh, Leah let me have it because I could not think of any other films that I liked that went on in amusement parks. Uh, so we'll let her go with her film first. Okay, so obviously this is not my movie, but I... Because I talk about this movie constantly, and I haven't stopped talking about it. For, the Florida Project. Yeah, like, we don't talk I'm... about this ahead of time. <laughs> I just read her mind because we're Aries. Yes, yes. That's why I love you. I need more Aries around me. So, okay. Obviously, The Florida Project is one of the best movies ever made. That's my pick above, in any topic, it's like my pick above almost everything. So just watch it. But I did pick... Uh, an actual movie and an honorable mention so I'll give an honorable mention right now I feel like years ago when I was growing up this would have been such an obvious choice it would have been almost stupid to bring it up but I think this generation doesn't really know what I'm talking about when I reference National Lampoon's Vacation mm. and Wally World the iconic and legendary Wally World so if you are on the younger side and you haven't seen the classic vacation movies, they are so good. They star Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, and then their kids are played by different kids every time because they're, like, growing up. I think most people have seen Christmas Vacation because it's just, that's kind of like, I think even kids today, like, know that movie because it's on every year, like, a thousand times. Yeah, they're times. very digestible. Yeah. But um, the first one was just called Vacation, and it's about this normal family, I think they're from like Illinois or something, and they just take a cross-country road trip to California to go to this place, Wally World, which is kind of like a parody of Disney World, but I don't know. It's, it's not supposed to be like as grand and huge as Disney World or Disneyland. I think it's just like, it's supposed to be more of like a kind of roadside attraction, but they just put like so much like 
into this. They're like so excited, like it's Wally World, like it's everything. And of course, on their trip, they just get into so many crazy hijinks. And I just think it's one of the funniest movies ever made. It still makes me laugh. And I actually like all of them. There's Christmas Vacation, European Vacation, Vegas Vacation. I think my least favorite is the European Vacation, but even Vegas Vacation, that was the newer one that came out in the 90s, and I thought it was so funny. Like, I still watch that from time to time. If it comes on, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here for the next few hours. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. So that was honorable, or that was the thing? That was my honorable mention. Oh, wow. So what was your actual? You do Adventureland. All right. Wow. Spoiler. It's adventure. Adventureland is mine. Um, which, like, in the Greg Matolo, like Judd Apatow, like I guess Sidney Kimmel, like extended universe, like that's like they're all around my dad's age. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the time periods that they make like period pieces about oftentimes are the periods that my dad was that age, like, the people that they're following. So, like, Freaks and Geeks, like, was my dad's age. And, like, this movie was, like, very much, they're all, like, my dad's age. Like, my dad was in college during this time. So this was the first R-rated movie I saw with my dad. Oh, cool. Yeah, or the first R-rated movie in general I saw in theaters. Um, So it has some sentimental value, I guess. As somebody who went on to watch lots of raunchy things and become a comedian, I guess, like, your first R-rated movie influences you a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I think it's just a very, like, classic film in a lot of ways. Like, the cast is very well done. Like, I think it's one of Ryan Reynolds' best roles. Yeah. Like, he plays it so well. And, like, uh, I'll talk about it a little bit later once we talk about Action Park, but, like... Every amusement park has these, like, scumbags who have kind of been there forever. And mm-hmm. you're like, why are you still here, bro? Like, you can't be here for good reasons. Like, only teenagers and college kids work here. So, like, if you're here, what, is, what does that say about your life choices? Like, it can't just be that you really love fun. Yeah. Can it? <laughs> so, like, yeah, I do think that was, like, kind of the real thing about it. And, like, it is funny that he, like, lied about be like touring with Lou Reed and shit like that uh it just like yeah it just felt so classic and just like back in the 80s like you could just lie about being touring with a rock star and like if people were naive enough to believe you like you just get away with it because there was no google machine to like check things you know you kind of had to just assume, like, oh, if somebody was good at guitar, like, I hope they're not lying to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of, like, I think one of the darker things about it that I think, like, still even today is kind of, like, holds up a little well. Like, the fact that, like, yeah, like, we should really look at how we let older men, like, into teen spaces and, like, college spaces and just do whatever. But then also this was, like, a very funny film and, like, the relationship between Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Kristen Stewart is kind of quirky and funny mm-hmm. and, like, is cute. They um, seem like they belong together. Yeah, for, um, yeah, Kristen Stewart's, yeah, last believably straight role because she was pretty <laughs> out, like, 
barely. <laughs> well, they also were together in that movie Cafe Society. Mm, that is true. That was set in the 30s, and I love them. I think they're so they're both really good in that movie. I really enjoy that movie, and I think they have a connection. Like they have a lot of chemistry, and I think they're good on screen together. They're very cerebral actors. Ooh. Like, I feel like they act with a lot of, like, layers. Mm-hmm. And, like, think a lot about it. Like, I don't think any of their performances are very one-dimensional. Like, I feel like there's a lot going on there. Did you see Personal Shopper? I did not. I need that, to, though. I, honestly, like, I'm not the biggest Kristen Stewart fan. I never really have been... That was the one movie, though, where I was like, oh. that I like her in Cafe Society, too, but that was the one movie that I thought that was really interesting, where I was just like, okay, like, I respect her a lot for picking this role and, like, what is actually going on in this movie. That is a very, you should watch it. It's a very weird, interesting. No, I've, de- I've definitely wanted to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. It came out around the time of A Ghost Story, and I always, like, confuse them because they're, like, eerie movies with, like... Did you see A Ghost Story? No. So, A Ghost Story is, like, ten million times better, in my opinion. And it's on Netflix. But Personal Shopper is, like, compelling, and... I don't know. It's hard to explain. Okay, I'm just gonna watch them both. Watch them both, dude. But I love A Ghost Story. I've tried to start both of them so many times and just have not gotten into them, but maybe Mm -hmm. soon. Personal Shopper's on Hulu? I don't know. Ghost stories on Netflix. <sighs> Somebody please uh, DM me <laughs> where I can find these things. DM me. Um, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah. Honestly, I just think the film is like very funny. Like Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig, like iconic comedians in like a role that's not their best role but like is very like iconic in their filmography I think mm-hmm. you know like when they have their Oscar reel when they die in 70 years like uh, <laughs> 70 years they're gonna live cool yeah no I, I won't I won't say they'll die sooner like uh, but like this will definitely be in their reel of it like they're just very funny it's a lot of, like, very good chemistry. Like, you could tell everybody was very comfortable on set and, like, mm-hmm. they riffed a lot and, like, made it feel very real. Like, they, it felt like they were at, like, summer, you yeah, know? Like, exactly. it felt like this, this is all going to be over after the shoot is over. Like, they definitely embodied that through, like, the acting also, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Any other thoughts on Adventureland? I feel like I need to watch it again. I haven't watched it in so many years. And Whoa. I thought it was, like, just okay when I saw it. But oh. I, I have so many friends that love that movie, so I'll definitely give it another watch. All right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Bring it on back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So what was your actual pick? My pick is The Way, Way Back. Whoa. Have not seen. 2013 film, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. And this film just so accurately represents a place and time, which is this awkward teenager's summer that he goes uh, to his mom's boyfriend's beach cottage, and his mom is played by Tony Collette. The boyfriend is Steve Carell. Allison Janney is plays an iconic character. Like she plays that 
way too outgoing and wild neighbor who's like drunk all the time and wears like kimonos. Like she's so she didn't want her Oscar for that. TBH. <laughs> and so it's just a coming of age movie about this kid who's like fourteen and he just doesn't feel like okay in his own skin and he has doesn't fit in anywhere and his mom's boyfriend is just such an asshole and really talks down to him and it's like those little digs where he can't really go to his mom and be like hey he you know he pushed me down and punched me in the face like it's not like that it's those little things that get to you over time and so he just gets on his bike one day and rides away from the house and comes across this water park and gets a job there and Sam Rockwell and Maya Rudolph run the water park and they have this interesting relationship where you can tell that they've been friends forever. They either dated once or maybe they'll date in the future. They've probably hooked up. Like, I really like their characters and their dynamic. Mm. And <clears throat> when I saw this movie, it just, it's one of those movies that feels like a benchmark movie to me. Like, I just will always remember when I saw this. I I was going through a lot in my own life. And even though I'm not a 14-year-old boy, last time I checked, I just related so much and I just loved it and it made me want to like work in a water park for the summer and just have that kind of insulation of these people that think I'm cool and respect me even though in my life beside that I'm like this loser and I just think it's one of those movies that's kind of magical there is some weird me too stuff in it because like the guys are kind of male gazy toward young women so that's kind of like a failure in my opinion, but that is really the only objection that I have with the movie. I think it's so, it's funny, it's sweet, it deals with a lot of family issues and just personal issues, and I think it really... How do you think they address, you address that? Because, like, that definitely feels like it's part of the amusement park world, that, like, just men in general, and, like, in the entire world, it feels like men in general are so, like, male gazy. Like, just in, especially, like, amusement park culture and stuff like that. Like, I feel like from even working there, that is, like, what culture is, like, there. I guess, like, you just write scripts that don't have it and aren't piggish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I and guess it slowly is. slowly it's out of the culture, so. No, you're good. It is, it is, like, a representation. It's accurate, I guess, you know? I mean, I think, they, the thing is they play it for a joke, like, it's supposed to be funny, and it's not funny, so it's, like, mm. But, I mean, I guess it is kind of, it's kind of, like, harmless, but also, you never know, like, if the girl found out in that moment, like, what you were doing, that would really, like, disturb her, so, you know, so, I I don't know, so that, that sucks, but besides that, I mean, the performances are so, so good. I love when Steve Carell plays an asshole, he does a great job, (laughs) and Toni Collette, obviously, is always, like, something to behold, she's just so good, I love I love her and Allison Janney, and then Amanda Peet plays, like, the next-door neighbor, and she, that's a whole storyline, too, and I really just love what goes on in the amusement park, and I also love that it's called the way, way back, because they mean, like, the way, way back of the car, and that's what I used to call, because my mom had, like, a SUV, and there was, like, sitting in the back, but then there was, like, the way, way back, which was, like, the hatchback, (laughs) and so when I heard that, I was like, I wonder if that's what they're talking about. And it is like they reference that in the movie, so oh, wow. very cool, very very great movie. Wow, mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. Go for it. <laughs> Another one on my list mm-hmm. to catch up on Leah's watching. Yes. So, uh, shall we get to our main event? 
Class Action Park, new documentary on HBO Max. And if you could tell, uh, we've been watching a lot of HBO Max stuff. We are not sponsored by HBO Max, but would like to be. So if there's an HBO Max representative out there who has stumbled upon this podcast, please pay us lots and lots of dollar bills. Just hire me because Actually, I will, yeah, we just want to act. We want to act in your shows, and we will do anything. Prestige TV. Oh, please, God. Anyway, so this is about a theme park called Action Park that was open in... From the 80s to the early 90s and... Mid-70s is when it opened up, right? Originally? When I said 80s, I was like, is it 70s? Yeah. Late 70s, I guess, uh, to mid-90s. I think it closed in 94, 95. The facts are in the documentary. I forgot the exact ones because I just kind of grew up with this. So, like, I don't know. I don't know exact dates. It's just kind of like Action Park. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like... We're going to give you context right now that's, like, the Wikipedia page, but then we're going to get deeper into, like, what actual Action Park is. So, Action Park, God, it's like, when you, I live, I lived in Vernon from the time I was four until I was, like, 17, so. And I lived in Warwick, the town next to Vernon, from the time I was five until, uh, 18. (laughs) Right, so we were living parallel lives. We didn't know each other then, which is weird, but we probably passed each other one day at Mountain Creek, which is what Action Park became, so we went, we never went to Action Park because we were too young or not born, but I don't know the exact year that it closed, but we went yeah, to Yeah, we Mount- weren't really born. <laughs> if, if our parents brought us there, like, when it was closing, they would be wildly irresponsible because yes. it was dangerous and we were way too young. That's the main thing is that, like, people called it Traction Park because so many people got hurt there. It was everybody in Vernon, like everyone in the surrounding towns knew about Action Park and how dangerous it was and how people had died there. Like it, it was it was kind of like folklore except it was true. Like everybody knew that it was true. And it turned into Mountain Creek like right before the early 2000s, I, I think. Uh this was in the documentary, but so that's why I'm, it's fresh in my mind, but it was bought by like a much safer person in 1998 mm-hmm. to turn it into Mountain Creek rebranded. So, like, that was definitely the era that we were. Yeah. Water park going ages. But the thing is, is that they kind of act like Mount, Mountain Creek was just this generic park, but it wasn't. Like, the whole the whole point of Mountain Creek, like, the whole idea of it was, like, it's not your average water park because you have to, like, walk up these gigantic hills. Like, it's on a mountain. It's, yeah. like, terrain. You wouldn't go there... You wouldn't go there after, like, oh, we're hanging out at the house, like, we're hanging out by the pool. Oh, do you feel like going to Mountain Creek? Yeah, let's go. It wasn't like that. It was, like, you planned your day, like, you left, like, early, and you, like, made sure that you had energy and that you were fucking ready for the torrential, (laughs) like, no, for the terrain of it, because it also had, like, even with Mountain Creek, a lot of the rides were the same. Like, the most dangerous ones were not the same, but the Colorado River was pretty intense and dangerous and that was before they wore helmets i know they wear helmets now but oh my god that's so fucking lame they wear helmets <laughs> on colorado river they do, it's required oh my god yeah we are just i am better because of my concussions <laughs> my mental illness is my strength I'm it is sorry. good that i have brain damage it is good oh jordan you're the best <laughs> oh my god no that is really sad um but just because, yeah, like, it ruins being in a water park having to wear a helmet. Like, what are you, in a race car? Like, <laughs> Also, ew, like, I want to put on someone's wet hair helmet, like, that I don't know. I mean, mm. like, okay. <laughs> I mean, even 
even before COVID. I don't. You know the lifeguards gonna smell it afterwards. Ew! Ew! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Yeah. But yeah, the like the wave pool. People died in that wave pool, and I totally understand because it was it was very intense. I feel like I almost drowned in there a couple times. There, the Tarzan swings, like that was the same as at Action Park. The water was fucking Arctic freezing, like. You had to be so ready to go there. Like, you had to be ready to jump off gigantic cliffs <laughs> into water that was, like, 10 degrees. And then, and you have you have the, like, burns from, <laughs> from falling that high. And then you have, like, water up your nose, plus your feet hurt and your legs hurt. Sunburn also, because you Sunburn. wash off your suntan lotion every time you go into the water. It was like, when you come home from there, like, that's like a tired... That is just next level. Like, because you're waterlogged. You, every single ride, you have to walk up these gigantic hills. Then you have to walk all the way down, like, to get the tube. Then you have to walk all the way back up to where the <laughs> to where the top of the slide is. Then you, you get smacked into the water. Like, it was just, it, it really was, like, you would always come home with bruises and scrapes. Always for Mountain Creek. It, it wasn't, like, it wasn't as dangerous as Action Park, but it was not your average water park. So that was something that I think for me as a criticism of the documentary because they just have like one quick moment where they say it was bought by a generic theme park company and turned into well, Mountain yeah. Creek. They very much tried to disparage like Mountain Creek as if like it wasn't the same thing which like also I feel like is strategic on Mountain Creek's part probably is like they probably don't want to be tied to Action Park yeah. at all and like they want to stay away from it because like that's scary to think you're sending your kids to a place where they could possibly die, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or, like, they're going to get scraped up and, like, get an infection and lose their arm or something like that. Like, chances are they're probably not going to have that happen, but, like, they might, you know? Yeah. Honestly, like, it very much, like, feels like Tiger King a lot. Like, maybe Tiger King is, like, a little bit more hardcore, like, the types of people who worked at those tiger parks Mm -hmm. but like it's very similar types of people like that if you grow old there like you're a rough type of person because like (laughs) they ask you to do all the hard stuff you know and then you end up being the person who's like putting everything back on the track like you have to go grab somebody if they go out like Mm -hmm. you have to do like the dirty work which like uh we like i know very two very different aspects of like the mountain creek action park world like, I definitely got to it past its, like, prime and, like, heightened mm-hmm. fuckery. But, like, growing up, like, it very much, like, in middle school and high school was, like, you could go to a Burger King and get, like, $99 passes for, like, the whole season. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah, that's how I... much it costs to do the American Dream water park for <laughs> one day. Do you Did you have a season pass? <laughs> oh, I did. A yeah. lot of years. Because it was, it was, like babysitting in a lot of ways like you just drop people off and then let them go and then you pick them up at the end of the day you know right like there were oh my god the the amount of not unsupervised children forget it and also you didn't have to even pay to get in because you could go through that like part of the woods in great gorge and just there wasn't even like a fence it was just like it was just like the woods and you could just walk to into like the back of the theme park too so there was a lot there was like a lot of people there like if they ever reached capacity it wouldn't matter because then the teenagers would just go in through the back like it was that kind of play even mountain creek was action park with more regulations and less danger like less legitimate danger so they took away that (laughs) they took away the alpine slide thank god and they took away that cannonball that 
that the water, one that loops the water slide with the fucking loop in it like yeah they took those out because obviously like what the <laughs> that's fuck that's such a bad idea like what the fuck like can you believe like I still can't even believe thinking that thinking that humans are like the same sized car going through every time like how could you think that's gonna work <laughs> it blows my mind to this day that that happened <laughs> But, so how did you feel about getting, because there was a lot I didn't know, actually. Like, I, like, how did you feel about getting a, a chronological oral history of the whole thing? So, um, I've definitely, like, heard a lot of rumors about the place, because, like, after my freshman year of college, I came back and worked at the rebranded Action Park when the son of the original owner rebought like, bought it and, like, got a bunch of people yeah. to buy it. I worked in it once they rebranded for a summer, so, like, I have a bunch of Action Park memorabilia that was just, like, my uniform for, like, the month that I worked there. And then I got no. called to work for the... No, but then I got called to work for the football team, which was, like, a crazy, wild opportunity that I never oh. would have thought that would have happened. I ended up working for Tulane's football team, like, for the equipment staff that year, and that was my job for two years. The longest job I've held in my life, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, and that, like took me away from Action Park, but, like, before that, I was just, like, legit, just, like, living the amusement park lifestyle, like, fucking living with my parents, just, like, going to the amusement park, and, like, being, like, oh, I have to go drag ice up? Oh, okay. <laughs> so what was your job there? I didn't know I worked this. on the uh, Alpine Pipeline, which was, like, a self-operated roller coaster, which they liked me because I would be the guy who would, like, instruct people how to use the Alpine Pipeline. So I would do, like, a spiel, and I was already doing stand-up. So it's, like, I was very comfortable talking to groups of people mm -hmm. and, like, making jokes and whatever. So, like, so, I was very comfortable with that. But, like, other days I would just wave a flag telling people to slow down so that they don't get jerked once, like, the auto brake hits them at the end. Wait. Was this, like, a version of an alpine slide? Yeah, it's, like, a new thing that they have there that's, like, on a track, and, like, you control how fast it goes with, like, a uh, lever on the side. Yeah. But is it, like, it's safer, right? Like, how do it they It was super it? safe, yeah. Like, I am the biggest scaredy cat, and I would, like, go full speed down it. Yeah, really? it's, like, very fun. Yeah, like, you feel very safe, because, like, the way that you're on the track is, like, you're surrounding the bars. Like, there's no way for you to come off the bars. Like, it wouldn't be okay. possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I worked on that one a lot, and then I worked on dry tubing also. That was, like, basically doing snow tubing without snow, and they would just lube up a track and put tubes down it, which, like, that kind of could get you scars and, like, <laughs> scraped up arms. But that was, like, amazing. Like, I literally just worked with, like, potheads who would just, like, be like, yeah, I get here early and I smoke and then I just come out here. And it's like, they're just sending down your kids, like, on tubes. And, like, I, I loved, like, working and going to Action Park at the same exact times. I loved it on weekdays because, like, it would be slow as hell. Like, there might be a camp there if you were on an unfortunate day mm -hmm. but like on slow weekdays like there's no lines it feels like it's your park and you can just do whatever you want and like the proximity to it is like legit like the only people there are like warwick and vernon kids and then camps because yeah. like nobody else would come super far on a weekday because like a lot of people's parents have to work so then it's just like oh but like they could just drop it off because it's 15 minutes away mm -hmm. <laughs> you know um 
But I think, like, a lot of the lore about the partying, I missed out on a lot of the partying because I left before I, like, made a lot of substantial connections, which kind of makes me sad. Because, mm-hmm. like, you definitely hear about a lot of the partying. It is funny. One of the people featured in the documentary, who happens to be a lawyer, uh, was actually somebody whose son I was friends with, like, <laughs> growing up. Um, and it's, like, funny. He definitely took me to a baseball game one time as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, funny to watch his quotes because it's just, like, bro, you're a lawyer, like, you're just, you just, you literally said on camera that, like, there's some shit that, like, we don't talk about to this day. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is the cover-up? Like, that was the thing that I was like, wait a second, what? Is this yeah. why you became a lawyer? Because you were just like, yeah, lawyers, like, run the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to ask if you had a personal connection to any of the people interviewed, because uh, there, the blonde woman, her name's Faith Anderson, she was my vocal coach and my voice teacher. She was a lifeguard or yeah. something? Yeah, she worked there. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She was the one who told the story about, like, the bumper boats and how, like, one person just drove on top of another person and she thought they were decapitated. Oh, oh yeah, that was Faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was great. She was such a good teacher. She was, she's, like, such a nice person. But I, I was wondering when I turned it on, I'm like, am I going to know anybody? Like, yeah. I, aren't my teachers going to be in here? And Because and, I was thinking teachers from the schools, but it ended up being my voice teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I was working there, there was also just, like, some weirdos who were like, yeah, I worked here back in the 70s, <laughs> and it's just oh, like, oh, and they just okay. wanted, like, the nostalgia, and, like, you could tell that, like, they were changing management, and, like, yeah. It was definitely, like, I don't know. It's a very wonderful place, because, like, that is definitely, like, where teens are allowed to breed, and, like, meet the gender that they're attracted to. <laughs> like out in public without like being supervised so like i think there's also that aspect of it it's like oh my gosh like is is my crush gonna be there today like oh you are you just read my fucking mind (laughs) no no no. i was just gonna say like do you remember the excitement of when you would go to mountain creek and then you saw your crush there and you were wearing a swimsuit (laughs) like are you kidding me (laughs) it was so exciting yeah, I was definitely a shy person, so, like, I definitely felt more awkward than, like, excited about these events, because I was just like, I'm not friends with any of these people, I'm just, like, the exterior friend. Oh my gosh, but. yeah, like, yeah, because no boys liked me in school ever, so, like, when I would see, like, one of the guys that was cute or whatever, they were always with a group of the other cute guys or, like, their girlfriends or whatever, as much as you can have a girlfriend when you're, like, 10. And I would get so, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I would just get so shy and just jump into the pool or something. Like, it was, it was very sad. Yeah, like, Mountain Creek and Action Park was, like, the cross-section of, like, teen sexuality and, like, child trafficking. And, like, it was, like, it was, like... What? Like, I feel like it was, like, the combination of, like, part of growing up, but also, like, you feel like something really bad is happening here. Like, even, like, when we were... When we were around Mountain Creek, like, it was all, like, foreign people, too. And you were just, like, well, they're all just, like, living in this, like, resort, and that's just their job. They give them housing? Like, what's the deal with that? They all just party in the resorts, and they're foreign people who work at... Mountain Creek. You need to slow it down because you just dropped child trafficking and then continued on with your story. (laughs) No, no, no. Like, I'm saying, I'm (laughs) saying, like, when they say there's, like, shady shit going on, like, they're talking about a lot of the dangerous shit, but they're not even talking about, like, the cultural shit, like, outside of, like, what Action Park actually is. Like, there's definitely sketchy shit that probably went on there. I mean, people would sell drugs there. Oh, yeah. But, like, 
I, I mean, I didn't have trafficking enter my mind, but, like, apparently there's so much fucking sex trafficking going on right now everywhere. Like, not, not just the conspiracy theory shit, but, like, actual shit. Because I keep hearing, like, I keep hearing all the time, like, even my friend who's, like, you know, she's not a conspiracy theorist, she's just, like, a normal girl, like, she posted on her story, like, hey, one of those crazy things that you see, like, passed around in chain emails actually happened to me the other day, so, like, if somebody leaves a flyer on your car, like, don't pick it up, just get in the car and drive away and let the flyer fly off your car, do not pick it up. I was just like, oh, shit, we can't even, like, it's a, you know, they oh usually God. say, like, <laughs> you know, tanning pass three times for five dollars or whatever, you know what I mean, and I can't even touch that now. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, yeah, that is, like, the scariest thing, I think. Like, New York City, like, definitely trains you a certain amount to, like, not trust anything. To be very aware. Yes, to be very aware. Like, also, like, being in New Orleans, like, I had to learn to be, like, very aware, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, like, yes, like, there are crimes committed against, like, random people, and, like, it's very terrible and very sad, but, like, also a lot of times, like, they're just trying to scam tourists, and they're trying to, like prey on somebody who doesn't know where they're going, doesn't know their surroundings, and, like, doesn't have a reason to be there. And it's just like, oh, what's going on tonight? Like, I'm just coming out at night on the town. Might as well drink a couple brews and then go back late at night while it's dark. You know? like <laughs> I enjoyed that voice that you just did very much. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, and it's like, you can't, like, victim blame people, but, like, you can't put it on yourself, too. Like work really hard to not be in that situation yourself once you hear about people who have been been victimized like it's almost like you could take precautions yeah i I almost feel like i'm too paranoid like i my roommate a few months ago she was kind of like upset with me because she got a new bike and she posted a picture of it um like on our front porch and in my opinion there was just like too much of our house in the picture and i was like I was like, can you take that down, please? And she was like, oh, I think you're being paranoid. But she had, like, just told me about these other people that, like, she thought were moving to, like, our town. And, like, she didn't want them to find her and stuff. And I'm like, then why are you posting a picture of the front of our house? I was like, oh, no. Like, you could see, like, kind of where our house was. And I was just like, please take it down. And she thought I was really paranoid. But I was just like... Yeah, but then if this was on a documentary about how we were murdered, somebody would watch it and be like, oh, yeah, why would you post a picture of the front of your house? That's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, I always think, like, when I'm in those scenarios, I always think, like, if something bad did happen, how stupid would I feel after the fact? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm, like, super paranoid in the world. Like, I think especially, like, with what we've seen with, like, Portland and, like, Trump being in charge at times like I'm super paranoid like I have not been posting on social media and I like try to like keep like stuff kind of secret like I don't need people to know where I am right now like there are bad people in the world who like have bad intentions and it's like the best thing you could do right now is like live your life very privately because like we already tell people way too much and it's like I don't get it how influencers don't get like held hostage constantly like do they all have like mad security well, and like just live in really nice places like they literally just post where they are all the time well the kardashians actually don't do that oh, anymore yeah, that, because kim yeah, kardashian was held at gunpoint and her jewels were her all her jewelry was stolen what, her really, made, what really made kanye go off the rails right was like that traumatic event having your wife get literally like 
held hostage basically <laughs> like overseas and yeah. you have no control over that you're literally at a concert like my brother saw one of his last concerts before that happened mm-hmm. and like well I know there was yeah. there was um the footage of him like someone told him in between yeah. his his songs that happened during a concert and he said like I'm sorry I have an emergency like I have to go and uh yeah I mean that's that's crazy I actually also don't usually post in real time and it always confuses people. Like, a lot of times when I travel, especially because I don't want to be, like, embedded in my phone when I travel, so I just kind of use it as a camera. And the last few places that I've been, um, like Woodstock and, like, George, and even, like, when I've been to Massachusetts and stuff, I usually post stories from there, like, up to, like, a few days after I've actually been there because I just don't want to be, like, in my phone all the time, but I want to have those, like, stories later to look back on. And people are always, like, people really always think that I'm there in the moment and, like, I'll even have plans with someone or whatever and they'll be like, oh, I thought we were, like, are you Zooming from, like, Georgia or whatever? And I'm like, no, I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm home, I just, whatever, like, I didn't post the pictures yet and I think it should become more commonplace because I get so many questions about that. Like, oh, where, wait, are you still, are you still here? Are you still there? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, you, like, I, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, I'm the same. Like, I wouldn't want to post in that moment, this is the hotel I'm at. This is, especially because I have my last name and everything online because I'm an actress and I need to have, like, a brand and all the, you know, I need to have my website and my Twitter and my Instagram and all that stuff. So everything says Leah Russo, you know? And I don't want, like, what if someone is on the same street as me in that moment and they want to come find me? I don't want to deal with that. Get away from me. Yeah, that is very real. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, like, gotten very paranoid about stalkers in the world, and, like, especially as a comedian and filmmaker-type person, like, right now, I don't think people want to stalk me as much, but, like, there's definitely going to come a day very soon where people might want to stalk me, and I'm, like, very conscious of that right now, (laughs) and, like, leaving a lot of, like, personal events out, like, I feel nervous even posting, like, partners on, like, Instagram and shit like that, because I'm just like, well, what if, like what if there's a crazy person in the world, you know, like, you never fucking know. Oh, my God. Who is, like, listening to your stuff and, like, watching your stuff. Like, I'm so paranoid. (laughs) And, like, celebrities make you feel paranoid, you know? Yeah. Because, like, they tell you all their stories about the worst things that have happened to them, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that could happen to me, too. And, like, it probably wouldn't happen to us, but, like, it could. (laughs) I know. It really could. It scares me. You just never know. People are fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, so, wow, we, we talked around we a lot of rails. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got really crazy about, like, what the world is. Um, but I think this, like, really talks about, like, a different time. And I think that's what's great about this documentary is, like, we get to look at a time where, like, people didn't have the immense fear that they have right now. Like, people were more like, we are happy that we live in America right now and we're just going to, like, work and, like do whatever and like let our kids like do crazy shit because like we earn this and like we're gonna send them there like they even talk about how like once the accident started happening it became more of like 
like very working class place and stuff like that and it's like yeah that's very much like what that place was like this was a way that you could like give your kids the american dream in a lot of ways like it was dangerous as fuck but like you knew that they were going to be happy that they went you know (laughs) and like that was a big thing for parents because like there's not a lot of things that parents could do to connect with their kids and like make them feel like oh wow like you did something you know yeah i i actually i can't remember who it was but it was one of the great like gurus of this time and they said the best thing you could do if you have an eight or nine year old is give them a task and send them somewhere to do it so maybe like if you're if you live in an area like this where there's a lot of businesses like just have them go a few blocks away and say okay go to the store and buy I don't know a vitamin water for me. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like something specific. Like go here, like here's here's two dollars, go down to the store, buy this and come back. And mm-hmm. so many people will not do it because they're so terrified of, you know, this crazy world we live in. But it's actually the best thing you can do for your kid because kids are too sheltered nowadays and then they get to college and like no one's holding their hand and like brushing their hair for them and they're like, wait <laughs> they're you know what I mean? They don't know how to take care of themselves. And I think back in the day of Action Park, it was like, yeah, you would just drop your kid off for the day or your kid would just leave. Like, I think Faith was one of the people that said, you know, in the summer we would leave in the morning and we wouldn't come back until 8 p.m. And our parents didn't know exactly where we were or what we were doing, but it was like, you just have to be home by this time. And people just, kids just like left the house during the, you know, it's kind of like that vibe in E.T. or something, you know, where it's like everyone has their bikes or they're just running around the neighborhood and they leave in the morning and they come back at night and it's just freedom. That would never have happened. Like, my mom knew always. If my mom didn't know where I was, I can't even imagine that. My mom always freaking knew where I was. I I mean, I remember the first time I snuck out of the house when I was, like, 16. Like, she was, like, she was, like, so mad and stunned. And I was only, I was in Pleasant Valley Lake. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere dangerous or anything. I was out, I was at the lake on the swings with my friend Gina. Shout out, Gina. That was a fun night. And, yeah, it was, like, no big deal at all. But she was, like, just, like, I can't describe how mad she was. It just, the stuff like that didn't really happen in our generation. Yeah. I think that is very true. We live in a very different time now. And it's, like, I wonder if kids, like, our age, or, like, kids that like our generation has or like the kids after that if they'll have so much more freedom because they literally could just have like a tracking device on them at all times and their parents will just be like go wherever the fuck you want i know where you are you know Mm -hmm. like if you could literally put a chip in your child's head like there's a lot of parents who will probably just do that and then a lot of kids who will be like yeah I'm, i'm happy like my rich parents decided to put a chip in my head and now I get to go to Montana whenever I want and they don't give a shit because, like, they could find me and report it to the police if, like, I overdose on drugs and don't talk to them for three days, you oh know? You you always, like, come up with this futuristic shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I feel like that is the best part about, like, where we're going is, like, going back to, like, the best things of the 70s and 80s, you know? I hope so. Like, the 70s and 80s, people were doing coke, so they had good ideas. Action Park is such a coked out idea. Tune in next week where we will do coke live on the podcast and just see what happens. I've never done that, so you never know. You've never done coke on a podcast? (laughs) Yep. I do it every time. I do it privately, constantly, but not not on recording. Are you kidding me? I don't want my... uh, 
drug use to be recorded for all no, time. No, that would be not that would be hideous. Well, I, uh, okay, so I liked the way that they did the animation because obviously they only had so much footage. Like, I noticed them using the same pieces of footage over and over again because, you know, they only had so much in the 70s and 80s that they filmed. So I thought it was cute how they did the animation. I thought that worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, I also very much enjoyed all of the interviews they got. Mm-hmm. I thought that they did a great job with the... Um, I like. I feel like you got enough from it, but like, it definitely feels like there's more to the story. <laughs> that's like, a few more people have to die before we hear the real story, kind of a thing. Like well, there are people who own Action Park right now, or own Mountain Creek right now, who are the the people who made this, or they're interviewed in this documentary because right. they're the descendants of people who founded it. So let's talk about Gene. Gene, what is it, Trumbull, who was the owner and mastermind behind this place so he so in the 70s a lot of people were trying to turn vernon into this escape from new york city kind of kind of like lake george or something to be honest where it's like this resort area and it's where rich people from new york will go to relax it's different than the hamptons it's not beachy it's like in the woods and tons of lakes and mountains and we really did grow up in a beautiful place like I wanted to get out of there and be closer to the city but now that I'm a little bit older and I don't live there anymore when I go back there because I still see my eye doctor there I I don't know like there's something about it that I'm just like wow this is truly gorgeous I mean you look out your window and the view is just like it looks like a painting like it doesn't even look real the mountains and the tree especially this time of year when the leaves are turning and there's beautiful you know there's farms everywhere and horses and cows and like it's just like it's funny because it's not an innocent place like crazy shit goes down in Vernon but aesthetically (laughs) it's so beautiful and it's a really fun place to go in the fall especially if you go to like Heaven Hill or something and I think like a lot of like the area's issues do come from the fact that like they expected it to be that they expected it to be like this resort area and like this touristy area Mm -hmm. and like then there wasn't really a lot of economic development for a long time in our area. Like, Warwick and Vernon, I feel like both, for, like, a very long time, it was just like, oh, these are just kind of dead towns that people raise their kids in. Mm -hmm. Which, like, if there's not economic opportunity for these kids once they, like, get out of being raised there, then, like, that leads to people doing drugs or having issues or, Mm -hmm. like, needing to move out or needing to go somewhere else and not being able to appreciate the place for, like, what it is. And, like, I think more often than not, like, Warwick and Vernon, like, very much will benefit from, like, more people moving up there with money, I guess, and, like, creating more businesses so then there's more, like, better jobs. So Mm -hmm. then they don't have to rely on, like, the touristy job, like, the jobs like that that are, like, low-paying jobs but, like, stable, you know? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, if you work at Action Park, you're going to get paid, but, like, it's going to be a rough ride and like you're doing it more for the love you know yeah also it's so funny i mean i did know this but it's still it's still so funny to me that hugh hefner opened a playboy club and like like legends was the playboy club that's so funny because i'm so into playboy's history and everything and it's just so amusing to me that literally right across from where i grew up because i grew up in sun valley um on wilson app which is right across from legends literally and that there were, you know, those, like, glamorous bunnies in the bunny costume, and that that would ever be a thought in someone's mind that that would exist in Vernon. Like, 
stuff like that does not exist in front. Like, it's just so funny that, like, I understand what he was going for, and I, I saw the ads for the old Playboy Club. They were really trying to make it this, like, you know, woodsy kind of rural destination away from New York City. That's how they marketed it. So I guess they were trying to get all the city people out to Vernon, but I don't know. I feel like you have to really, you gotta have to really love that rural life to live in Vernon because it really is. I mean, when you get off 23 and you go on to 515 and you drive into Vernon, like, you lose service on your phone. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, even now, today, like, in 2020, you know? And, like I said, like, they sell hay on the side of the road. Like, that's... Like, I remember uh, telling my friend, I was like, yeah, I'm from this, like, very small town where there's, like, farms everywhere and they sell hay on the side of the road for a dollar. And he was like, oh, haha. And then we went there and we were driving by and I literally pointed to the <laughs> pile of hay and the sign and it was like, hey, one dollar. And he was like, wait, like, you're like you're serious. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> they sell hay on the side of the road. Like, what else is there to say? So Action Park slash Mountain Creek was, like, the one fucking thing to do there. So, like, I also don't do any winter sports in our school, we always had ski club and all that shit, but, like, I never did that. So, once the summer hit and Mountain Creek opened, like, that was the only thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't even imagine, because Mountain Creek was just so ubiquitous in our town and everything, and most people don't know Vernon ever. Like, I always say, do you know where Mountain Creek is? And that's how people will know it, because it was, like, the one thing that we had. And I can't imagine, like, it's so crazy to think of deaths going on there. And it just staying open. Like, that's wild. I would think someone dying at Mountain Creek, I mean, then Action Park, if that had happened, Vernon is such a small town and, like, nothing happens, it would have been the biggest fucking news ever. Like, you know what I mean? But somehow, this guy just avoided closing and prosecution, and they said that he, I guess he would never settle. He would never settle the case. Like, Disney World is always settling shit like this. Like, people have died at Disney World, but even when there's, like, there's less um, fatal accidents and stuff. Like, Disney settles all the time. Like, everyone knows that. They're not going to, like, spend their time doing that. But the fact that he never settled, and then when he he would take everything all the way to court, and there the few cases that they did lose, um, they said that he wouldn't pay the settlement. So they would come to the park, the U.S. Marshals would come to the park. Like, they don't have anything fucking better to do. They have to yeah. waste their time coming to Vernon. Like, that's so funny. That they, I mean, not fun, funny in a bad way. Like, you know, they had, like, I'm sure they stopped at, like, Pochuck's Deli to get a drink because, like, they knew they had a long ride back to wherever they came from. It's just so funny that our little town, the U.S. Marshals had to come to collect money, and they said they would just literally, like, open the register, which... How much could they possibly have had in that register? Like, and they're just they're just counting dollar bills out to give the U.S. Marshals. Like, this guy Gene was such he was such a like scummy, shady scammer. And of course, of course, guess who was this close to investing in Action Park? Uh, it's a man who makes very good decisions about his investments. Uh, it's a man who. Uh, looks very good in swim trunks it's Our a man dear, who doesn't dear. need to tan outside because he sprays himself He's already orange our dear president donald trump and they said that he didn't take the deal he didn't invest in action park because it was, it was too, too shady yeah. so like if donald trump 
thinks your operation is too shady, you are fucked. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) That's like the worst drug addict in the world being at your intervention. It's like, if this person thinks you have a problem, holy shit. So that was like, I never knew that. Like, they actually said that Trump, you know, drove up to Vernon and all that kind of stuff. And I guess he looked around the park and was like, fuck no. I mean, even he, like, even he was like, no thanks. Yeah. But Trump also grew up spoiled. So, like, that's a little bit below him to, like, go to a place like Mountain Mountain Creek or Action Park. Yeah. I feel like he'd be like, this is all going to break. I I don't trust this. I mean, (laughs) all these people sharing their water. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, honestly, like, honestly, I wonder when, like, were water parks open this summer? Uh, not really, I don't think. Right? I mean, yeah. ooh, but, um, but yeah, that, I mean, the whole thing with the, we mentioned the water slide with the loop-de-loop in it and how they had a trap door at the top in case people got stuck. Like, could you imagine your body being stuck In that fucking loop? Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, how much... I'm surprised anybody got through it. Like, how much water did they have rushing through that thing? Uh, not enough. (laughs) Yeah, no. Like, it's just... They just kept putting padding in, though. That's the crazy thing, is, like, a lot of the times they would just be like, okay, like, how can we just make it so that it's passable? Like, okay, we'll just put a mattress on here, and then it'll feel like it's okay. Like Like putting a Band-Aid on. Yeah, like, how can you actually do this? I, I just don't get it some of the time. It's insane. It's very disturbing at times. Like, when you're watching this and you're just like, they knew people were going to die at this place, but they just, like, waited for it to happen. I think that's, like, the weirder thing about the documentary is, like, I was watching it and I was like, I feel like they left out somebody yes. getting decapitated. They did not include the decapitated guy. Yes, they. that's true. I think that they left out a few of the deaths, um, actually, but the thing is, there's a tone shift in this documentary. So the first, like, half of it, or maybe more than half, is very kind of like a fun, you know, party kind of environment vibe where it's just like, yeah, like, we were all young and we just went to the park and, hey, if we got hurt, we got hurt and, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, it was fun. It was the 70s and 80s. Who gives a fuck? And then they kind of switch over into the tragedy which is they interview the mother and I guess the whole family of one of the people that died there and he died on the alpine slide he was 19 I think his name was George and they totally you know shifted the documentary to show the devastation of this family and it was heartbreaking like when the mom said that she attempted suicide on the day that it happened because she was just like I can't deal with this pain and she walked out in front of a truck and her husband pulled her back like the to- I, I almost feel like the tonal shift was too much like they should have maybe I think they should have mentioned the deaths like more throughout like it should have just been a known thing not like a not like a twist I mean not that it was a twist but you know what I mean I don't know I just felt like it was too sudden and it was really really sad but I'm happy they included that like I wouldn't want them to I, would, I wanted to see more families, actually. Like, I wanted to see more of what the devastation actually caused because I do feel like a lot of the time when the old-school action park stories come up, it is that vibe of, like, dude, like, you know, there was that that loop-de-loop water, uh, water slide. Like, it's not, you know, taking it that seriously. But, I mean, the deaths were, like, so wild. I, like, how... 
there's part of me that's just like, why? I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. Basically, it feels like the documentary could have been stretched out longer. I think like, there it was, yeah, there was like, more. Like, I feel like there were definitely stories that, like, if the documentarians, like, really, like, searched and got, like, every possible interview, because, like, there's thousands of people, probably, who have been to Action Park who could have given a good interview, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's hundreds of thousands who have experienced it, yeah. you know? But, like, that was the one thing that it felt was, like, okay, I don't need to hear Chris Gethard again. You know, like, yeah. do I need to keep hearing him say things that feel like they're repeated from other people now because, like, Chris Gethard is a comedian and he's just repeating other people's, like, stuff? Like, I want to hear, like, locals and, like, how they're affected. Like, less these people who aren't from, like, Chris Gethard's not from Vernon. Like, these people aren't from Vernon. They're just like, I, I went there sometimes and it was fun. And it was like, yeah, like, we could get Cory Booker to say that, too. He's done it before. <laughs> like, Cory Booker has been on the record saying, yeah, I have the scars to prove I've been to Action Park. Yeah. You know, like, he wins in Jersey because he says shit like that, you know? Like, he knows his audience. Like, if you've been in Jersey, like, you've been to Action Park most likely at some time in your life. Yeah. Um, well, I thought the whole story about George's death was really, like, fascinating. And when they got into how they got away with it, and I guess Gene claimed that because... Well, I should explain. What happened to this guy is that he was on the alpine slide he flew off of it because it was not safe and he hit his head on a rock and died and because of the fact that he didn't actually die while on the ride he died on the side of the ride i guess like on the hill that's what jeans claimed is like well it's not our fault because it didn't happen on our ride like i guess they made the i guess he probably made the claim that oh he was like roughhousing or he jumped out or something but Everybody knows that wasn't the case. Like, the rides were unsafe. Everybody knows that. So um, they didn't even I – don't, I don't even know if they officially reported that one to the state of New Jersey. Like, for some reason, there was a loophole that they didn't have to report it. I think that was why, because it didn't happen on the ride, so to speak. And I want to hear the other ones. Like, how did they – like, they mentioned that other death when somebody got electrocuted because those fans that were under the water short-circuited – how did they, like, how can you possibly not get in trouble for that? How can you not close after that? Like, how can you claim that that's fine and that, like, that happened and then they just opened the next day? I feel like people who worked there died. Like, people who they tested the rides on, but I guess they didn't. Or they just didn't want to talk about that because that would have just been sad for them to talk about one of their friends who died when they're the people who are living talking there about it and trying to, like, reminisce about the nostalgia. Mm -hmm. But, like, also, I guess, like, if you're the type of person who works at Action Park or goes to Action Park, like, you would be satisfied dying on one of these rides because you're just like, hardcore, man! Like, let's just fucking do it! Let's let's see how extreme we can get! Let's do it! You know? Mm -hmm. Like, that is part of the charm also, right? Is that, like, people will die, but that's what makes it so good for the other population is that you Mm -hmm. know you can die here. So, like, that's how risky and adrenaline-fueling it is. So I just Googled it, and there were six people that died at Action Park. George was the first. Oh, Oh, Gene Mulvihill, not Trimble. I don't know where I got that. Um, Gene Mulvihill was the owner, and um, he was the first person who died. The, um, this is insane. So the first drowning in the wave pool was a 15-year-old boy in 1982, 
The second drowning in the wave pool was a 20-year-old in 1984, and the third drowning in the wave pool was 1987, an 18-year-old. Like, can you imagine that they stayed... O- like, like the three people died in that wave pool. Like, are you kidding me? How can you not... We went into that wave pool. It's the same wave pool, isn't it? Oh, my God. I... I swam in that wave pool every single time I went. It was always the thing that we would do last before we left. We would always go to the wave pool. And I did, like, I had some trouble in that pool, like, multiple times because it was really, really rough. And I assume that they toned it down for Mountain Creek. So if that was the toned down version, I can't even really imagine how scary and high the waves were in Action Park. And I just want to say, like, I'm so sorry to, like, I mean, I don't know if any of these people are going to listen, but... I'm so sorry this happened to your family. Like, that is, it's just the most irresponsible, like, disgusting thing in the world. And I can't believe that anybody could just shrug off deaths like that for money, like, and for, you know, the glory of having this successful park that wasn't actually successful because people fucking died. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I always believe that. The wave pool is tough. The wave pool is tough because, like, it feels so much like that is just, like, uh, oh, well, you know the the stakes of going in here. You better know how to swim because, like, it's going to get high. But, like, obviously you can't expect everybody to be able to fight off these waves. And, like, obviously there were dangerous things about it. And, like, that's definitely how they get away with it. But, like... But where were the fucking lifeguards? Like, then you, then you need to hire more lifeguards. You need to have, like, ten... You need to have, like, five on either side of the pool then. Like, if someone died, then, yeah, like, you have to put up the money. But are you going to limit people? That was the biggest thing is, like, they couldn't tell when people went under the water. And it's, like, people would go under and then people... Like, everybody's screaming. So, like, you can't hear if the screaming is actually, like, somebody's in distress. I don't know. It's, like, a very chaotic place there. Like... I I would not want to be a parent, like, bringing my kids there. And that's, like, the thing is, like, the deaths weren't even parents bringing their kids there. Like, it was 15 and, like, 18. Like, it's, like, older people who were probably on their own and didn't know how to swim. But, like, it's, it's scary. Like, that's very scary to be in a group of that many people. And, like, if you go underwater, like, to get the attention is tough because there's so many other people they're looking at as lifeguards. I just don't understand like how I don't understand and I feel like I oh I, what I always say is there's there's so many successful people that treat other people like shit and I really feel like no matter what you do in your life it doesn't matter what you achieve if you don't treat people the right way it's completely negated like there's nothing that you can do that will ever be impressive if you treat people badly and I just feel like this guy Gene was almost like a sociopath like he was void of like, I, I can't even, like, okay, I run a business, and right now we're operating during the pandemic, and we're doing everything super safe, like, we're doing only outdoor stuff, and, you know, six feet apart, and all that kind of stuff, and I think about every day, I'm like, what if somebody, like, on the off chance, like, somebody gets sick from this, and passes it to their grandma, and that person dies, like, I have to live with that for the rest of my life, that my company was the cause of that, yes, these people voluntarily work for me, yes, they voluntarily went to the party, I didn't kill this person with my bare hands, but, like, I would forever feel responsible, and so I deal with that every day, and, like, I just can't fucking imagine if someone died, like, if I, if I owned an establishment and someone died there, and then I just kept it open, it was just like, yeah, you know, like, accidents happen, gotta move on, like, I just, I don't know what happens in someone's mind. I think, I think it is bad, because, like, 
we do live with like enough wealth in America. There are like enough dollar bills in America to definitely make sure that everybody is very safe. Everybody has housing. Everybody has food. You know. But, like, we choose to, like, not make things as safe because, like, the money is hoarded by specific people, you know? Yeah. I mean, it just brings it back to, like, the entire discussion of the virus. Like, how come other countries have this under control and we don't? Yeah. But, like, now there are people talking about herd immunity, and they're just like, oh, yeah, like, at this point, we might as well just go back to herd immunity. Like, Bloomberg's publishing more pieces so that, like, it's just okay. That, like, people are just like, yeah, we're all just going to get it. And it's, like, they're literally going to kill off, like, a massive fraction of the people on the Earth right now just so that they could be done with it and, like, they could just move on with their lives. hmm And, like, it doesn't register with people because we're so desensitized to death because we watch news all the time. But, like, that means that you might die. That might mean that your brother dies, yeah. your sister dies, your father dies, your mother dies. Like, that's what they're putting into their hands right now is and saying, like, Oh, like, you you should go back to work, you know? Like, everybody should go back to work, you know? Except me, who conveniently has a job that's remote, you know? <laughs> like, that's, like, what I feel like every, like, powerful person is saying right now. Is like, oh, well, like, I'm back to work. Like, you should go back to work, too. And, like, be in a very tight and crowded space with a lot of people, like, breathing on people's... Like, I don't know. I think, like, a lot of people are just valuing their lives so much more than other people's lives, and they're going to be surprised, like, when there's a revolution and when people have upheavals, you know? Like, when you treat people like shit and you don't value their lives and they realize that they're next in line to get killed or, like, be neglected or be ignored, like, they're going to stand up and say something. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just so sad that that's the society we live in. I just looked up um, the electrocution death, Uh and I just want to read this because this is really interesting. So, they should have gone more into this in the documentary. A 27-year-old man from Long Island on August 1st, 1982, got out of his tipped kayak on the kayak experience. While doing so, he stepped on a grate that was either in contact with or came too close to a section of live wiring for the underwater fans that somehow became exposed and he suffered a severe electric shock which sent him into cardiac arrest. Several other members of his family nearby were also injured. He was taken to a hospital in nearby Warwick, New York, where he died later of the shock-induced cardiac arrest. The park at first disputed that the electric current caused his death, saying there were no burns on his body, but the coroner responded that burns generally do not occur in a water-based electrocution. The ride was drained and closed for the investigation. Accounts differed as to the extent of the exposed wiring. The park said it was just a nick, while others argued it was closer to eight inches. The state's labor department found that the fan was properly maintained and installed and cleared the park of wrongdoing. Wow. However, it also said that the current had the possibility to cause bodily harm under certain circumstances. The park claimed it it had been vindicated, although it never reopened the ride, saying that people would be afraid to go on it afterwards. How how did they clear them of wrong? Like, it wasn't properly maintained and installed because there was a live wire. But, like, that's the thing is, like, if you're a wealthy person in America, you just pay somebody to force the results in your favor. Right. And that's, like, how business has been done for so long. Like, (sighs) well, it's not even that he paid them, but, like, he probably had to be the person to pay the investigator And then he picked the investigator that was going to be most sympathetic to businesses and, like, least sympathetic to, like, 
uh, compensation, you know? Mm. And, like, there's definitely reputations that people use, you know? Like, shady people like Donald Trump choose to use shady businesses that they know, like, oh, okay, well, like, they'll get through this because they deal with shady things all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, he knows that, like, by hiring specific people, they'll get him off by, like, bringing in specific cops, like, they'll get them off, like, bringing in specific ambulances, they won't report it as much, you know, like, it's, like, stuff like that, or, like, how many people probably had, like, massive head injuries, and they, like, hid them until they got better <laughs> for oh a second, God. like, that probably happened all the time. You know that so many people had head injuries, and, like, the, that's the thing, that's why you have to wear helmets on the Colorado River, because you literally, like, they explained on the documentary how, you know, you would hit other tubes like really hard uh, like full of people there'd be like six people in each one and like you would go flying across the tube like I, I mean there were times where like I almost fell out like there's rocks everywhere like it's it's real shit man like I don't even I don't even know I would not want to be responsible for that place ever what a nightmare yeah but also yeah, you go down in history for creating that just because somebody had to do it and put all of that liability on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Johnny Knoxville action point? Fuck no. That Me was either. terrible. Yeah, I I wasn't I, the my only interest in it was really that it was about act, like it was based on Action Park and I was interested to see how someone would interpret that, especially because Johnny Knoxville is not from New Jersey, so I don't know. But uh but yeah, that was a comedy film. I use the word comedy loosely because I heard it's really bad, but I don't know. That was released last year, and now this um, documentary, so I wonder if there's going to be more. Is Action Park having a moment? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, its moment probably is going to end unless somebody decides to do a more in-depth series about it. But, like, also right now, does anybody really want to hear about a water park, like, with COVID? Like, I feel like people are kind of like, I never want to go back to a water park ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to go to a water park. You're right. Well, we like the film though. It, no, it was. I I, mean, I recommend review. it. Yeah, everybody yeah. should watch it to learn more about where we come from. It wasn't it cool seeing like Vernon in documentary. Like yeah. I've never, you know, I watch documentaries about so many different things, but I never see my high school in it. Like that was wild. I was like, ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, you can do a documentary about that fucking high school. Why don't you do that? <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that, like, honestly, like, there is a lot ripe for documentaries, like, in that area that we come from, because, like, there's just so much history, and, like, it does go unnoticed, as yes. does a lot of history in other parts of the country, you know? Like, there's a lot of states that people overlook for film and television. Well, you know what I was thinking about um, is, when I watch this, is... The pizza murders. Do you remember the pizza murders? No. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so in 1997, it, it's so sad because my, my, my mom and dad actually used to order pizza from, what pizzeria was it? I can't remember. Um, but they used to order pizza from this pizzeria, and this guy... Jeremy was the pizza delivery guy, and he was, like, so sweet and everything. They, like, loved him, and he was some of the people that was murdered. So there were these kids that were just, like, sadistic and fucking around, and they ordered pizza to this abandoned house, and when the pizza guy came, they just killed 
they just like killed him. I think they did it twice. That was in Vernon? Um, let me see. Okay, it was, it was, yeah. Oh my god, this is so weird to read about all these years later, so. Jesus. I did not know that happened. It was That was like, before I got to Warwick, and I was a five-year-old when I got to Warwick, so I don't think people were telling me about this murder. <laughs> it says, uh, okay, so the, the guys that murdered them were named Thomas Koskovich and Jason Vreeland. I remember hearing that name when I was growing up all the time. Oh, wow. Um, I definitely knew Vreeland. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Like, it was it was a thing. Very, very local name. <laughs> um, the murder shocked Sussex County and drew the attention of the nation and the world Media from as far away as Asia reported on the, case, on the case describing our county as quiet and sleepy. According to court documents, at 10.45 p.m. on Saturday, April 19th, 1997, Jeremy... April Jer- 19th? Yes. Did you say? Yes. I know. It's fucked up. Well, you know, the next day is, like, Hitler's birthday, Columbine. And Columbine, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and 420, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Giordano, 22, of Hardiston, and Giorgio Gallara, 25, of Augusta, mm. left Tony's Pizza and Pasta in Hardiston to deliver two pizzas to 196 Scott Road. When they pulled up to the home, Koskovich and Vreeland were waiting outside. Uh, as Giordano's automobile approached the curb, Gallara, the restaurant's owner, lowered the window on the passenger side and asked for 16.50, the sum owed for the pizzas. Koskovich turned to his right, looked at Vreeland, and asked him if he had the money, to which Vreeland answered, yeah. A 2001 support Supreme Court decision outlined, adding that Koskovich then told Vreeland that he had the money and reached into his right jacket pocket. He then pulled out a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol, aimed it at Giordano's automobile, and discharged the gun until it was empty, firing seven shots in rapid succession. Vreeland also fired his weapon into the car. The car rolled and came to a stop in a muddy area, giving them an opportunity to pull their victims out of the vehicle, for them to search their pockets and the vehicle for money. Um, I'm not going to like read every detail of it, but it's like insane. You're going to have to send this to me, though, because I want to research this. I'm surprised they haven't done a movie about this already. This is disturbing. Or, like, done a true crime story on this. This feels like this should be on Netflix already. It was huge. Like, the thing was that everyone was saying, like, they were calling it, like, a thrill kill because it was just, like, they randomly decided to murder these people. And then I remember there was also talk that they used to, like, kill animals all the time. Like, they would, like, they would hunt, like, a deer, but in the woods, but, like, not, I mean, I hate, like, I don't like hunting anyway, but, like, they would like cut the deer's head off and just like leave it in the woods for somebody to find or something and they would just like leave body parts of it all over the place and it's like yikes like i mean i don't know i feel like someone should have done something about that maybe but yeah but like also like people move out to places like warwick and vernon so that people don't check on them like their parents are the types of people who don't want to be checked on and they want to like live in isolation and like not have any of these crazy city people coming near them you know yeah like they breed like fear they breed like violence in a lot of households just because like you come to a place that's secluded because you don't want to see people who aren't like you you know like that's the truth of the matter you know yeah like you just want to see your family and then not talk to anyone else like that's kind of like a lot of situations so, like, that does breed community in some ways because people are like, oh, I don't have anything except this small town. Like, I'm going to 
uh, volunteer and like raise my kids here and like get them involved in a bunch of stuff. But then you also have on the other hand where it's just like there is nothing here and like people who are here are angry at each other because they don't see each other enough, especially like during COVID times, like it's magnified, like people not seeing each other and like there's a terrible sadistic murder that happened down the street from me like a couple nights ago and it was just like oh wow like people must be at their ends and like mental illness must be at its highest highest and like everybody is just like a ticking time bomb if like they haven't gotten it figured out yet which like things have just gotten worse for a lot of people and like it doesn't look like the government's gonna do anything until you vote who you want in and then they're gonna force them to just deal with it you know Mm -hmm. like at this point like it seems like whoever's in office is just like this isn't our problem anymore figure it out (laughs) like if you guys think there's a better way to solve this like you could come in and solve it if you're gonna stand up to all these companies and do all this stuff like let's see you try to do it like I feel like that's what politicians are like right now like yeah you guys think this is easy being a politician (laughs) <laughs> I love your politician voice, Jordan. Yeah. You should do a late night home sketch where you're a politician. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe very soon. Hopefully. Um, but wow, that was a very complete and long episode, right? Yeah. We gave everybody their action park money's worth and like hometown Shout cooking. Shout out to Vernon. Did you like growing up in Warwick? Um, yeah, all in all. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't complain. Like if I complain, I'm kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, I an love... An asshole. Because, like, it is a very wonderful place to grow up, and there's a lot of parks and, like, very good schools. Yeah. yeah, I love Warwick and Vernon now. Like, I... I don't know. It's really nice, especially in the fall. You should go now if you're... you Honestly, like, it's a really nice fall No, day. it's terrible in fall. Don't go during the fall. Don't... don't well, it's the, crowded. Don't flood the locals. It's, yeah. It'll be crowded. <laughs> They're going to be so mad at you, Leah, for putting people onto Warwick. It's uh, fun. It's so nice. Like, even just don't get out of the car. Go for a drive. Oh, can I get my free endorsement of this episode? Do it. My free endorsement of this episode is Drowndlands Brewery that just opened up by the prison in Warwick, the <laughs> abandoned prison now that used oh. to be a working, operating prison. Um, yeah, very good brewery, and they seem like very uh, cool people, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and their beer is really good. So check that out if you're going apple picking. Yes, and the Lakers are, I mean, they won, basically. Yeah, LeBron. LeBron looks happy. The GOAT, wow. Where were you when LeBron won his, what what title is he on now? Five? I don't even know. But I saw him play. I saw him play um, when I was in Chicago. We went to a Bulls game, and they were playing against Cleveland, and it was very, like, very, I I was going to say chilling, but, like, not in a scary way, but, like, it was really cool to see somebody like that play they the Cavs obviously won because yeah I've seen Anthony Davis play a lot as a result of being in New Orleans when he was on the Pelicans and I think he is probably one of the greatest players of all time as well so it's like very crazy that people who get to watch the Lakers now get to see them both on the court at the same time yeah <clears throat> well it's really like it, it's exciting to see someone who's that at the top of their game in something like someone who's that good at something you know like, I can't even imagine what it was like to watch Michael Jordan, you know. Yeah. No, we're, well, we're getting to experience that through LeBron. It's very conceivable that he could win another two titles now mm-hmm. that he's assembled this team. Yeah. Once LeBron wins one, then everybody's a LeBron fan again, you know. And they're <laughs> like, cool, he's going to win seven, yeah. you know. Um, Aw, they're being really cute. They're all hugging and jumping up and down. Wow, they're hugging like... 
you could tell they have COVID tests every hour because well that's Anthony Davis right there yeah. so like he like has wanted to win so long and like he won in Kentucky and like won in high school and like went to the pros and then just lost every year and with the Pelicans mm-hmm. and then he would like amount these runs where like he would single-handedly bring bring the Pelicans like to the next round of the playoffs you know mm-hmm. like he would find ways to do that and like miraculously bring the Pelicans deeper than they deserve to be yeah so it's good to see him win it's good to see LeBron win I love how they're like mainly only filming LeBron they're like yeah. look this is why we hired him well, yeah, this is kind of what America needs right now is LeBron James to win a uh, championship because that's, like, what American excellence is, is LeBron James. I wonder if Jack Nicholson is there, like, even though they don't have an audience, did he finagle his way in because I feel like his whole life is Laker games now that he doesn't make movies anymore, and I would just like somebody to check on him and make sure that he's okay because I, like, I need him to survive. Well, think about Jimmy Butler. He actually has to be in that arena. <laughs> Wow, Dwight Howard got the title. Wow. All right, we should sign off. <laughs> We're just watching the finals. Uh, Jason Kidd, uh, probably, are you the coach of the Nets already, Jason Kidd? You're, you're the coach of the Nets.